Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you. Vancouver, 2019. Good evening. Hubert Ilta. And a pleasant Monday evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to the future. And yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically inspired program here found on Vancouver's truthful community radio station, CITR. Your voice of the University of British Columbia on 101.9 FM. We broadcast at 590 watts from unceded Musqueam territory from the student nest on campus. And our signal takes us throughout the lower mainland. From Squamish to Bellingham, West Pass Point Gray, and across the Salish Sea. Where our frequency races with our friends over at UVic, CFUV. And then east past Langley, deep into out the Fraser Valley. Telesoptic subscribers can tune in on channel 7,023, at least in Western Canada. Otherwise, in all these places and everywhere else the internet takes you, find us on the web at www.citr.ca. CITR is also on Facebook. If you have not given up on that platform, it's on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at one point or another. The appropriate social media. 
wherever you connect with things online. My name is Gak, and I'll be rubbing up and down through this palace of wonder for the next two hours. So prepare to bow down at my wind to the sounds that will serve us all. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live. Right now, in the present, 604-822-2487. That spells out U-B-C-C-I-T-R. Once you add the illustrious area code. To keep it short and sweet to the point, since we are mixing everything live, I'm trying to remember how to do everything here, which is a sign of a successful vacation. You can email anytime, Radio Free GAC. It's my initials, G-A-K. That's why it's GAC at gmail.com. Exploding Head Movies is on Facebook itself, on Twitter, at 100 Air, and on Instagram, Myopic Man. In the background, this is Tim Hecker, of his latest release from 2018's Konoyo. I speak over this life. The album, tri- the album title translates from Japanese as The World Over Here, and it's uh, Hecker's ninth album, and the Vancouver-born and Montreal-based composer this time stripped down his sound further to allow for a little bit more space and improvisation, since he worked with the uh, Gagaku Ensemble Tokyo Gakuso in suburban Japan. And in upcoming shows here of Exploding Head Movies, I'll dive more into Konoyo and Gagaku, which uh, is the Imperial Court soundtrack you associate with Japan, normally with curling flutes, droning horns, and other classical Orient sounds. Some other composers that have been inspired by Gagaku include Henry Cowell, Lamonta Young, Olivier Messiaen, Benjamin Britten, and Sarah Peebles. Otherwise, Happy New Year. Hopefully your new year has started well. Whether you had a good Christmas, Kwanzaa, or anything else over the seasonal holiday break. Spent some time in Thunder Bay, hence why if you were listening to CITR during this time slot over the past couple weeks, you caught up on Christmas episodes from 2009, 2011, 2015. All coming back with a Yuletide vengeance. At least over Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So, I put the 2009-2011 mongrel hybrid on the Exploding Hit Movies podcast for new subscribers. They are still found on the CITR website. If you're brave, I will not tell you the URL directly. You'll figure it out. I have confidence in you. In 2019, you will find the things that you need when I forget to tell you or it's too long. And I only have so much time. So much news has happened over the past three weeks, as well as the two weeks beforehand, as uh, I did the usual year in review and the most recent counter carol programming. January sometimes feels like a cleanup month, at least until the Oscar nominations come out, since award season's in full effect. Of course, I have to talk about last night's Golden Globes, which acts as a weird preview to what's going to happen. But to kick off the year, for the profile, we'll tackle some talking heads, tied to two bits of recent news. And after 32 years without a proper soundtrack, the David Byrne directorial debut from 1986, True Stories, it finally came out featuring actual music from uh, the film. And then we'll hear excerpts from uh, Byrne's score in conjunction with co-composers Ryushi Sakamoto and Kong Zhu for the massive Oscar-winning 1987 film, The Last Emperor. 
directed by the late Bernardo Bertolucci, who died this past November. And Bertolucci's had a mixed reputation as a visionary, but to explore the hell out of his cast. One noticeable example. We'll be tackling many a theme over the coming weeks as I try to clear on what on earth happened in pop culture recently, but as we like to do at the start of each year, we like to start off the episode with music tied to a film or TV show set in the new year. And 2019 was a major one that appeared in various films. The biggest being the 1982 film Blade Runner. And uh, we started off with Vangelis's Los Angeles 2019. We've profiled Vangelis' score to Blade Runner in past shows, but it's appropriate to take a look at, at a past future. As we start off with the Greek composer and his distinctive, influential score to such a cult film. We're going to listen to Lissed, but we're going to hear two more cues from Blade Runner and expect yet another profile from Ridley Scott's dystopic cyberpunk film later on in 2019. But we'll aim for a slightly cheekier way of doing it. Since uh, we've done stuff like this in the past, but need to sort of focus on some more of the samples and other sort of uh, odder elements from the soundtrack of the groundbreaking film. And uh, we're going to go off the Blade Runner EMS recombination definitive edition compilation for these cues. There's some various soundtrack versions released over the times, but uh, the conveniently titled Tyrell Corporation has been working on uh, compiling the audio from the various iterations of the film since uh, there's at least three of the original to name. But uh, we're going to focus on two of the most important audio themes from Blade Runner. And uh, from this Blade Runner EMS recombination definitive edition, this will be Vangelis starting off with the flight to Tyrell Corporation. You are now listening to Exploding Hit Movies, live from the realms of Studio A of that knived-up little station that you know and love, CITR. 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Just think. If radio frequencies went up to 201.9.9. I'm messing everything up here. <laughs> 101.9. A millennium in the making.
Longless with two cues from the score of the 1982 film Blade Runner. First off with Flight to Tyrell Corporation. As things slowed down and became a little bit more mysterious as Decker enters the Bradbury. As noted in past profiles, Blade Runner was a bomb when it first came out to theaters. Partly because its original presentation was simplified and narration was added, much to everyone's obvious chagrin, including lead actor and narrator Harrison Ford. However, it picked up a profound influence on culture and was re-released twice with the narration removed and some more ambiguous themes introduced as this neo-noir approach of the future where Earth is almost abandoned and androids walk amongst us. Handling themes associated with Philip K. Dick's novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? About identity, humanity, and life. Many a song and artist has been influenced by Blade Runner. And in 2017, a sequel came out called Blade Runner 2049. So just think what I'll be doing 30 years from now. I'm on air. 2049 was directed by French-Canadian Denis Villeneuve, who's working on a new adaptation of Dune. 24.9 did sort of well on its release. I did a profile on both on it and its original score. All available on the podcast archive. And there's talk again of a third film of the Blade Runner series, but we'll see what happens. It expanded the world from Los Angeles to other parts of the Southwest states. Who knows? Maybe they're going to London. I don't know. That's speculation. And behind me from another film set in 2019, this is Harold Faltermeyer with the main title and Fight Escape from the 1987 film The Running Man. Directed by Paul Michael Glazer, based on a Stephen King novel, written under his Richard Bachman alias, and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Richard Dawson. Talks of a time in the U.S. that becomes a totalian police state and game shows whereby convicted criminals fight for their lives in gladiator-style battles. None of that has happened to date yet, as far as I can tell. Although, on any given hour, if you pay attention to the news, who knows what's happening in the States. There's also at least one other major film set in 2019 that I want to profile kind of again, although I've done it twice, but I'll save that for an upcoming show since there's a lot we got to handle here. As for major music news over the holidays, Pete Shelley of the Buzzcocks passed away. Shelley was born Peter McNish from Lancashire in England, and he was one of the founders of the Buzzcocks, which takes its name 
from a little bit of a English slang where a cock is a friend. What's the buzz? Cock. The Buzzcocks are a punk band from Manchester. They helped anchor the emerging underground music scene with both solid melodies and sweet stories about love amongst the noise. And the important thing about them is they actually did the uh, do-it-yourself movement properly as they founded their own label. They were a punk band that did not need to be signed to a major. The Buzzcocks' first show was one that they organized themselves in their hometown. They opened up for the Sex Pistols, which triggered the Manchester scene as attendees included future founders of Joy Division, The Smiths, and The Fall. Now, some of the other shows here at CITR have rightly played any number of Buzzcock songs, including Orgasm Addict, what do I get? Ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have? But uh, I'd like to veer in a different direction and go with Shelley's solo material after the Buzzcocks first broke up in 1981. Shelley's original instrument of choice was the synth, and later in that year, his proper solo debut, Homo Sapien, came out with some solid singles, along uh, with the title track, which was banned by the BBC for apparent homosexual content. And Shelley just sort of played up that he was bisexual. And uh, a lot of the lyrics that you listen to from both the Buzzcocks and Pete Shelley don't hammer that per se, but with effective pronoun usage, uh, his songs could stand for everyone. Uh, we're going to skip Homo Sapien for this time since I've played some stuff off that before. So we're going to go off of 1983's sophomore album, XL1. And which, of all things, the vinyl version included a basic program for the ZX Spectrum home computer in the lock groove, which, uh, when recorded, and you didn't actually hear it when you first played it, which is the lock groove part, so if you know what you're doing, you can move your needle into the inside part of the record, hook it up to a cassette player, hook up that tape to your ZX Spectrum quality British computer, unlike the BBC Acorn. And you'd actually get a program that came up with visuals and lyrics timed to the songs on the album. Crazy awesome. From XL1, this is Pete Shelley with Telephone Operator.
repeat after me. Bugger off. Bugger off. Sod. Sod. Bloody. Bloody. Now put them all together. Bugger off, you bloody sod. Bugger off, you bloody sod. Okay, you're in. <laughs> Let's smash things up. Every Saturday, from noon to 1 p.m., listen to Generation Annihilation on CITR 101.9 FM, UBC Radio, in Vancouver.
Pete Shelley. Double shot of that. Firstly, off of 1983's XL1, we heard Telephone Operator. And then off of 1986's Heaven and the Sea, that was on your own. Shelley did love his synths, and actually back in 1974, he recorded an experimental album called Sky Yen. Came out in 1980. I bring up some of that wild music for the upcoming 24 Hours of Radio Art here on CITR next Thursday, January 17th. Marking what the Fluxists say is the birthday of art. See, the confusing part is Homo Sapien in 1981 was technically Pete Shelley's debut album, but he actually had two albums out before that, so... I'll leave it as an exercise to the listener to figure out what's going on, but yes, plenty of music. Shelley also wrote the brilliant music in the background here, and I feel really bad speaking over it, because ever since I found this, this has become one of my favorite songs... From 1987, though, appearing until the mid-80s on Channel 4 in the UK, tied to their coverage of the Tour de France. This is Pete Shelley with that TV theme. Unreleased, showing its age whenever somebody tries to play it, including those of the BBC in honor of the late Pete Shelley. An outstanding throwaway song. Deserves a life of its own. Pete Shelley died in Tallinn, Estonia, December 6th in 2018. He'd been living there with his second wife to step back away from the hectic life he had in London. He was 63 years old. And yeah, both solo and with the Buzzcocks, along with other bits of music he helped write, including one song for magazine with former Buzzcock, Howard Devoto. There's a lot of other material to share of his. We're not going to be able to do it this week. So expect some more Shelley-related music over the coming weeks here on Exploding Yet Movies. As the man could definitely write a gorgeous song like Nobody's Business. So, upon his death, much like when anyone passes away, always feels appropriate to re-listen to songs I haven't heard in a while. Subconscious delights as the memories refreshing. My name is Gak, and listen to Exploding Yet Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in the year of 201. Nine. Life is back to normal here on campus as the winter term starts. A lot more hustle and bustle. Heaven knows if you've been on transit today. <laughs> Everything is packed. Like sardines in a tin. Let's go to Abbotsford here with Teen Days. And in the lead up for a new album due out later this year, a song came out a couple weeks ago about New Year's Eve. Yet another one came out, so I'm not sure if this is going to be on that album, yet to be titled. He's got some West Coast dates lined up. Here's Teen Days with this feeling.
you're invited to the launch party of Noise Complaint, a brand new podcast from CITR 101.9 FM. The party is on Friday, January 18th at the Avant Garden with live performances from Maneater and Hope. Doors at 9 p.m. and bands at 10 p.m.
from Edmonton. That was Tennyson with a song that they just put out midway through December 2018. Stream to Chome. I think, at least based on internet searching, referring to part of the address of the Stream Shipping Company based in Tokyo. Aminatoko. One of the neighborhoods within Tokyo. Since uh, Chome refers to kind of like neighborhoods in Japan. Partly I sort of paraphrase how it works out because the way the addresses are in Tokyo, they have three numbers to indicate the neighborhood number. Sort of like Shinjuku, Harajuku, in this case, Minato. And then within that, there's a block number. And then there's a building number. The building number is not necessarily in order, at least within a structural order. It's more of the when they were built. So one is not necessarily next to two. Tennyson is the duo of Luke and Tess Petty. Glorious bit of electro-pop. We've been at it for a few years. Always a good time. And always good to hear new music that way. Perhaps you've caught them touring when they've performed in town. Hopefully some new material as an album comes forth. And behind me, this is Bruxas, and off of the 2018 12-inch Sirocco, I speak over Hermes. We have sort of psychedelic beat-driven tropical house. The retro-inspired Jacko Gardner, the percussive-minded Nick Mouskovich, and then featuring Jungle by Night's Tiensen Smeets. Wonderful bits. Kind of like down-tempo house music. And appropriately segues to an artist who had a big 2018. Rosalia, a Catalonian singer-songwriter from Spain who gained some traction over the years with her experiments with modernizing flamenco. So the dance that you normally associate with dresses and castanets and huge stomping on grounds and always sort of a flailing guitar. Rosalia grew up with that, but she's been expanding that into the pop sphere. And her second album came out in 2018 called El Mal Querer, or Bad Loving, based as a concept album about a toxic relationship inspired by the anonymous 13th, 14th century Occitan novel, Flamenca. This song will be sampling some Bulgarian voices, and if you haven't caught the video, it features some wild imagery involving trucking, house guns, and one hell of a dance involving fire embers. This translates from Spanish as thinking about your gaze. This is Rosalia with Pienzo Antomira. Me da miedo cuando sale Sonriendo pa' la calle Porque todos pueden ver Joelito que te sale Y de la cuando pasa Tú levantaste el cabello Y el oro que te viste Por amarrarse a tu cuello Y el cielo de la luna Que tú quieras mirarlo Hasta del agua que bebe Cuando te moja los labios Que son tu mirada, tu mirada clava Una bala en el pecho
Is school stressing and is campus safety concerning you? Join UBC Tai Chi Club to de-stress and learn self-defense. Simply search UBC Tai Chi Club on Facebook to receive notifications about our lessons. See you there. Stones scratching at the surface. 
It's okay that we don't know what is. It's okay that we're alone in this. We've been holding out hope for the less than. Little voices shouting from the wasteland. Our love, our love, our love is above our to the bullshit. It's a fire that runs right through it. Our love, these days I wanna lean into it. Our love, our love, our love is above our to the bullshit. Young Galaxy, of what might be off of their final album, which I'll cover as to why might is part of that, from Downtime, which came out in 2018, Young Galaxy with Seeing Eye Dog. Young Galaxy, originally a quartet. But in 2018, they pared things down, so it's just the husband-wife duo of Stephen Ramsey and Catherine McCandles. And for downtime, they broke away from their longtime record labels and self-released it. In September last year, they actually put out an EP called Snow Leopard, but along with that, they announced that they're going on an indefinite hiatus. So they had time to go inside, stir it up, and regenerate. So, based on the statement that they released, they both wish to want to focus on solo work, interdisciplinary collaborations, and ways of presenting content beyond prescribed music industry limitations. So, they're definitely going rogue, doing it themselves. Here's hoping that both of them keep coming up with music in whatever way they feel comfortable for, and what in particular in how it is released. Now, the background here, and unfairly so, and you'll hear why as I explain it to you, and then tell me to shut up, which, for the record, you probably should do anyways. Off of 2018's Anne, this is Joseph Shabison, with I Thought That I Could Get Away With It. Shabison is a sax player, best known for working with Dan Bahar's Destroyer. And he recorded Anne based on conversations with his mom of the same name, 
as Parkinson's disease set in for her. So parts of the album feature recordings of conversations between Joseph and Anne as he sort of vamps around it. So it's a little bit of like field recordings, tender moments as memories and other parts of a relationship start to disintegrate. So I need to properly amend this oversight soon, but I'll dig up a track with some more of the conversation at hand there. I but yeah. I'm definitely not a perfect person by any measure. Anyways, let's go with uh, local artist Nicholas Kurgovich. You might know from bands like No Kids, GG, and Piano. But he's been solo for quite some time, putting out some wonderful music. But his latest album came out in the autumn of 2018 called Ouch. Dealing with a very personal experience specific to himself as he fell into love and the gut-wrenching heartbreak that he experienced for the first time as a result of falling in love. He had been doing a little bit of touring in the autumn in support of that album. I think I've been playing some stuff off of the older albums, but it was time for me actually to listen to the latest album. Because sometimes, as years go, there's a lot of music that comes out. And unplugging for a couple of weeks to digest what you missed along with what you liked helps out. So, ouch is definitely in that category for me. Here's Nicholas Kirkovich. With a song title that almost lines up with what we're listening to the background here. Hopefully not too painful in any way whatsoever. Kurgovich here. With Spa. You're listening to Exploding Head Movies here. CITR 101.9 FM. And hopefully it's still a clear Vancouver. As the January rains come back in. Hopefully you caught sight of the snow-capped mountains in the North Shore. Or at the very least, the sun, in some capacity, earlier today. Ta-da! 
Broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory from UBC campus. At the point where Vancouver falls off into the Salish Sea. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My name is Gak and the name of this show is Exploding Head Movies. From Toronto, we just heard Charlotte Day Wilson with a song off of her 2018 EP, Stone Woman. I was falling apart. Quality new R&B in a classic sense. And if you want to listen to more Charlotte Day Wilson, she just put out a Spotify single covering Dolly Parton. Title track to her 1977 album, Here You Come Again. There's a lot of Dolly Parton coming up since she did the music in part for the Netflix film Dumplin'. Targeted as being something to pay attention to once it's Oscar season, particularly on the music side. As I mentioned at the top show, I will get into some Golden Globes later, particularly once I dig up a song from the best original score that was awarded. Meanwhile, behind me, this is new Ilian William Craig. And at least uh, I've mentioned on previous shows that this album came out, but now I'm finally playing it. Off of Thresholder, Ian William Craig here with The Last Westbrook Lament. Not sure if it's referring to Westbrook Mall here on UBC campus or Russell Westbrook playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder, formerly your Seattle Supersonics. And um, let's talk about at least some of the soundtracks that are coming out this week. The first full one in 2019. Brian Tyler and John Kerry provide the score to Escape Room. That's coming up through Sony Classical, and that's a label where Michael Dana out of Toronto, his score to A Dog's Way Home is coming through. And then uh, the film Replicas, scored by Mark Killian and Jose Ojedo. That's coming up with the rest of Saraband. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, the composers to the score to that Netflix series, Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein, they score the new... TV series Valley of the Boom, referring to the web browser wars of the 90s. Otherwise, sci-fi fans, Doctor Who Series 11 is scored by Sagoon Akinola. That's coming up through Silver Screen. It's not Murray Gold, so it's a first. Of course, speaking of firsts with Doctor Who, Series 11 of the remake features the first female Doctor as portrayed by Jodie Whittaker. Let's get some Nico Case into your ear. Perhaps you caught her when she played live in Vancouver back in November. She's supporting her album, Hell On. That tour is going to be continuing in 2019. I see a whole bunch of East Coast dates specific to Canada. I see Halifax, Moncton, Montreal, Ottawa, London. I could scroll and see for miles. Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Calgary, and Edmonton. So that takes through winter, at least into a bit of the spring. Yes, indeed. From hell on, here's Nico Case with Gumball Blue. Yeah. 
I take my life. I want you all to take your life. I want you all to have your life. UBC Theater and Film presents Lion in the Streets, directed by MFA candidate Michelle Thorne, telling the story of Isabel, the ghost of a murdered nine-year-old Filipina. Returning to the neighborhood 17 years after her death, young Isabel drops into the lives of her neighbors and reveals the hauntingly raw underbelly of human nature. 
Ultimately hopeful, Judith Thompson's seminal play, Lion in the Streets, devours with devastating beauty. Running January 17 to February 2nd at the TELUS Studio Theatre in the Chan Center for the Performing Arts, student tickets only 11.50 at theaterfilm.ubc.ca. Mitski, off of her 2018 album, Be the Cowboy. That short, sweet number was Geyser. Mitski, sorry, Mitski Miyawaki, a Japanese-American singer-songwriter originally from New York City. Putting out some excellent music, uh, made her breakout album, at least uh, in 2016, Puberty 2. But Be the Cowboy sort of punched up what was very sort of shoegazy to more extreme heights. And for a lot of folks, a great album. Pitchfork raked it as their number one album of 2018. Now the Golden Globes happened last night. And uh, no real major trends to at least notice about with the films that won. I'm going to skip some of this stuff that happened as part of the speeches and whatnot, mostly because I couldn't keep track of it all. But uh, for Films Go, 
Green Book, based in part of the life of jazz pianist Don Shirley, at least from work, won three awards, including Best Boast in Picture for Musical or Comedy, and the Freddie Mercury biopic Bohemian Rhapsody won two, including Best Drama, Why Not Musical, the Golden Globe categories baffle me anyways, but yep, there you go. Best Actor as well, too. Roma, Alfonso Cuarón's latest film, won two awards as well. Best original song went to Lady Gaga, Mark Ronson, Anthony Rosamondo, and Andrew Wyatt's song Shallow from A Star Is Born. Heavily tipped to do well in the Oscars coming up in a month's time or so. And the best original score in the background, Justin Hurwitz from First Man. This is the Armstrongs, taken from the biopic about Neil Armstrong. The first man to walk on the moon. I'm betting on Hurwitz's score to appear in the Oscar nominations, which will be announced in a couple weeks, because it seems like anything Hurwitz has touched as of late, like La La Land and Whiplash, there's a lot of attention to the music itself. But if for some reason First Man is not part of up to five of the scores nominated in Best Original Score, well, in July this year, we'll be marking the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 landing on the moon. So at some point this year, expect to hear more music from that. Not necessarily always from a harp or plucked string standpoint. There's some moody bits, as I've heard, and I still need to watch the film. Because I like them movies in space. They are great. Let's head to Toronto next with the musician and producer Sandro Perry. And he put out an album a couple months ago called In Another Life that I've been able to digest slowly. But the issue at hand is that... um, Perry was aiming for an experiment in infinite songwriting with the idea that uh, a song could suspend itself for nearly 25 minutes. So the album consists of two songs, featuring some help from Andre Athey of the Deadly Snakes and then Dan Bahar of Destroyer, since he seems to be part of the connective tissue of this week's episode. So what we're going to provide is at least an excerpt from In Another Life. This is Sandro Perry with the title track. Sacrifice split in another life. 
good and I've been wanting to find out more about local music. Yeah I heard about it through CITR and Discorder. What's that? Um it's a radio station you can review all the music that comes in and help out with touring bands or just do some data entry to get started in their music department. Oh cool. Yeah you can just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get into the station or just come in whenever. Well I'll be there so... Thank <laughs> you. 
Behind me, this is a Balinescu Quartet with their version of David Burns hanging upside down from their 1992 album, Possessed. The Balinescu Quartet, held up by Romanian violinist Alexander Balinescu, put out some fantastic albums since the 90s, provided a couple soundtracks like Angels and Insects, along with Diaz. They're pretty quiet since 2012. You always need to pick up some more of their music. David Byrne, lead singer of the New Wave Dynamo band Talking Heads, also an outstanding solo artist, record producer. For the record, the work that he did with B-52's Mesopotamia is outstanding, although very odd. What else? Actor, writer, photographer, and author. And we'll get into one of the other roles later on here. And we actually heard his score to Twyla Tharp's dance project, The Catherine Wheel, which premiered at the Winter Garden Theater in New York back in 1981. What we heard was The Red House. At the time, Talking Heads performed some of The Catherine Wheel live on shows from some of their shows in 1982 to 1984, including a little something on Jonathan Debb's sublime rock concert film, Stop Making Sense. Demolas died in 2017. If you haven't seen Stop Making Sense... You should stop not seeing. Stop making sense. One day I'll start making sense here. We'll actually hear a little bit of something off of Stop Making Sense shortly before we get into two of our soundtrack profiles, but I do want to highlight two of the other members of Talking Heads. Tina Weymouth and Chris France, the bassist and the drummer. They had their own solo project called the Tom Tom Club. In the early 80s, they put out some wonderful new wave pop gems like Genius of Love and Wordy Rapping Hood. Genius of Love, you actually see and Stop Making Sense, too. We'll go off of a song that uh, I sort of dug up off their 1983 album, Close to the Bone, just to familiarize with some of the other music that they do. Here's the Tom Tom Club with On the Line Again. Then we'll listen to the song that gives Stop Making Sense its name.
stressed lately? UBC Yoga Club is here to offer you a peace of mind. Come out to any of our 17 weekly classes running seven days a week ranging from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. We have a class to accommodate your needs and abilities. Check us out at ubcyogaclub.com.
from their epic 1984 album and movie, Stop Making Sense, Talking Heads Live there with Girlfriend is Better. Jonathan Dem recorded them four nights in Los Angeles as part of the tour. And the original soundtrack release only came out with 13 of the songs, but in 1999 it was expanded and subsequent releases of Stop Making Sense highlight at least the full night, although compiled to four different evenings. Let's talk about at least one of our first soundtracks here as we profile on Exploding Head Movies in 2019. We go back to 1986 with True Stories, directed by David Byrne, written in part by Byrne along with Stephen Tobolowsky and Tobolowsky's wife Beth Henley, starring John Goodman, Annie McEnroe, Spalding Gray, Pop Staples, and a host of others. Vignettes about life in Virgil, Texas, a fictional town as it prepared for its 150th anniversary of its founding. True Stories was based on Burns' collection of tabloid newspaper articles that he collected whilst touring, and he spoke with Tobolowsky and said, Hey, what if all these stories are, in fact, true? Byrne was quoted as saying that the goal of the film was to come up with 60 minutes on acid. Byrne got creative control for True Stories based on the success of Stop Making Sense. And before I forget, Stop Making Sense features Byrne's own set design, including the giant businessman suit that he wore halfway through the film inspired by Japanese-known kabuki theater. The 1986 album True Stories featured Talking Heads performing songs written for the film, but the songs on that album did not appear on the film. He associates singles like Wild Wild Life and Love for Sale that came out, but with Byrne singing, not the actors. It took some time to sort out, and Byrne actually put out a instrumental album featuring some of the other music from the film, but... In November 2018, a complete soundtrack for True Stories, a film by David Byrne, came out to coincide with the Criterion Collections DVD and Blu-ray release of the film. So now, there are 23 songs from the actual film itself. In the background, this is David Byrne along with Meredith Monk and Road Song. And we'll listen to two songs off of True Stories, the film, and the reissued soundtrack. So, featuring Annie McEnroe here as Kay Culver, the wife of Civic Little Earl. Whoever directly speaks to her. This will be the Talking Heads with Annie McEnroe with Dream Operator.
from the complete soundtrack to David Byrne's True Stories. We start off, well, we had two shots of Talking Heads there, though, with different singers. So we heard Annie McEnroe with Dream Operator. Then we heard a young John Goodman there with People Like Us. And the themes persist behind me as this is the Kronos Quartet with dinner music. True Stories didn't do too well in the theaters, but it has become a cult film over time. One important influence to note is that uh, a band out of Oxford, originally named On a Friday, decided to change their name since uh, that band name didn't really work on posters too well, so they took their name after one of the songs from True Stories. You'll know them as Radiohead. Talking Heads broke up in 1991 after very... lots of problems internally. Burns' most recent album came out last year called American Utopia, and perhaps you caught his highly visual tour when they stopped at the QE Theater last year. And Burns worked on various other films, including what we're about to profile for the rest of the show here. The Last Emperor came out in 1987, directed by Bernardo Bertolucci and written by Bertolucci along with Mark Peplo, based on the life of Puyi, the last emperor of China. And the epic covers his ascent to the throne as a very small boy, to his imprisonment and political rehabilitation, rehabilitation by the Communist Party of China. Starring John Lone, Joan Chen, Peter O'Toole, and co-composer of The Last Emperor score, Ryuchi Sakamoto. It's a striking visual film, and I'll talk a little bit more about details later, but let's hear of uh, some of David Byrne's music right now. And this theme, I know from a Kid Koala mixtape. But of course, if you've seen the film, it's quite famous. Here's the main titles from Last Emperor by David Byrne.
From David Burns, parts of the score to The Last Emperor, we heard the main title theme and then Paper Emperor. Another background. This is Bed. The Last Emperor was the first Western film to have production in communist China, particularly with filming done in the Forbidden City in Beijing itself. So, it is a palace with 9,999 rooms, because only heaven can have 10,000 rooms. There are parts of The Last Emperor which featured 19,000 extras. The military helped out extensively. And, uh, as mentioned before, Yushi Sakamoto stars in the film as a Japanese military officer in charge of the occupation of China during the 1930s. Part of the lead-up to World War II, but also a galvanizing moment for the communists to help take over as Emperor Puyi became a puppet. Sakamoto, a legendary composer, both solo and his work with the Yellow Magic Orchestra, has worked many a film score, including past profiles here on Exploding Hill movies like The Revenant and Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And let's grab a couple cues off of his part of The Last Emperor before I talk about how well it did. Here's Rushi Sakamoto with Where is Armo?
who's got my favorite cue in place for you before we run out of time. As it were, Ryuchi Sakamoto with Where is Armo? And behind me, this is the third composer listed for the score to The Last Emperor. This is Kong Su with Lunch. Su, who spends most of his time either in Beijing or in Italy, is a professor of film and media composition in Stuttgart, Germany. He scored Asian films like Green Tea and Jasmine Women. Definitely in the Chinese classic tradition. So imagine you have David Byrne there, representing the New York art scene. Ryuchi Sakamoto, tied to the experimental Tokyo scene. And Kong Su, a little bit more of a traditional aspect. So all that together, you get the sound profile for The Last Emperor. And Sue, Sakamoto, and Byrne won an Oscar for their score, The Last Emperor, back in 1988. The film was nominated in nine categories, and it won all nine. So along with Best Score, Oscars for The Last Emperor were awarded for Best Picture, Best Director for Bernardo Bertolucci, Best Art Direction with Fernando Scarliotti, and then Decoration by Bruno Cesari and Osvaldo Desideri. Best cinematography with Vittorio Storaro. Best costume design with James Ackerson. Best film editing with Gabriele Cristiani. Best sound by Bill Rowe and Ivan Sherrock. Best screenplay based on material from another medium, which uh, has now been retitled to Best Adapted Screenplay. Bertolucci died November 26th in 2018 from lung cancer at the age of 77. Most recent film was 2012's Me and You, and I do hope to profile scores from past films of his, like Besieged in the Sheltering Sky, soon. But we have profiled one score before. Last Tango in Paris, featuring all manners of Argentine music. And of course, this was a film that actress Maria Schneider was not advised of the scope of a particular sex scene involving Butter, which basically became assault, effectively rape, scarred her emotionally. Bertolucci was took to task by the Italian authorities who revoked his civil rights for five years and gave him a four-month suspended prison sentence. And the city of Bologna seized three copies of Last Tango in Paris, never to be screened. But Bertolucci kept working, as we heard. And uh, at least from various reports from all parties involved. No one was fully aware of what exactly was going on, but Bertolucci pulled one on Schneider. wasn't cool. She could ping him drone addict for a while, but then a vocal supporter of women's rights. So hopefully some good can come out of that. That's it for Exploding Hemis for the first week of 2019. Coming up at 9, it is the Jazz Show with Gavin Walker. He'll guide you to midnight or so, so stay tuned to CITR for the rest of your Monday evening broadcast. Next week is January 14th, and that marks the exact date, my 11th anniversary here at CITR. So, we're going to do a profile on the recently deceased Canadian composer Galt McDermott, best known for his Broadway musical Hair. Long, beautiful hair. McDermott wrote a lot of wild music for film and stage, so we'll touch upon his career, some of the music he did before. We'll also look at Penny Marshall in yet another jam-packed episode where we do what we can with what little time we have. We're going to close with one last song with connection to Blade Runner since it is 2019. We'll go with the Montreal band here, Maury, off of their first EP from 2014. 
The song takes its name from the song we started the show with. It's going to be Los Angeles 2019. Vancouver 2019, we will see you in seven days. Arigatou gozaimasu.